knocking down the barriers. That's one of crypto's biggest promise, but it's easier said than done. All the biases that we carry as human beings, whomever we are, are actually going to be translated in new technology. Crypto bro culture and the need for inclusive policies. We put the spotlight on those driving change in Web3. Coming up on Word on the Block, Marie Flament, CEO of Near Foundation, joins in to dive deep into those topics and a whole lot more. Boys Club, that's what the world of finance and investing is often called, and the data certainly supports it. According to a latest McKinsey report, all male teams snagged 85% of venture funding in the U.S. in 2018, compared to a measly 2% by all female founding teams. Now, unfortunately, the picture doesn't look very different in the blockchain world either, where there's a stark gender difference in crypto ownership and investment. Welcome to Word on the Block, the series that takes a deeper dive into blockchain and all the emerging technologies that shape our world at the intersection of business, politics, and economy. It's what we cover right here on Forecast News. I'm Editor-in-Chief Angie Lau. Well, today we're going to be breaking it down and talking about how women will be the biggest change makers in Web3 with Marie Flament, CEO of Near Foundation. Marie, it's such a pleasure to talk with you today because both of us, uh, this issue is near and dear to our hearts and we're both doing something about it. But I'm going to let you tell the audience what we're doing. Uh, Web3 Women Changemakers, it's, it's really exciting. Well, thank you so much for, for having me here. And yes, as you say, this is something that is dear and close to our heart. And we are partnering to announce Women in Web3 Changemakers. So what is it? It is actually an initiative whereby we want people everywhere in the world to nominate the best women in Web3 that they know, the changemakers, the women there out there who are focused on creating a better new world focused on creating sustainability, focused on innovating, focused on actually basically inclusion and, and leveraging the influence that they have to create this better world with the technology that we have. So with this initiative, we are announcing that we are opening up for nominations uh, and that we want you, anyone, whomever you are, to nominate the women you know who are actually trying to create their, that better world. Um, and what we want to do is help get to a list of those women and showcase them because, you know, very often you cannot be what you cannot see. And so it comes and it starts with actually showing the great work that's being done by amazing women in the Web3 space. And here's the thing. Why is it so important that we do it? And in fact, it is still very important that we actually look out for, for those of us who are in this space who are doing great work. Yeah, so it's very important for a couple of things. Number one, actually, technology is a massive enabler and it's fantastic. But actually, if you don't have diverse and inclusive team building the next generation of technology, all the biases that we carry as human beings, whomever we are, are actually going to be translated in new technology. And so more than ever, it is a duty, actually, when we're so early on into creating a space to include and to make sure that we can have diverse and inclusive representation of every view to create a new technology that's really going to be showcasing that. If you look today at, you know, for example, um, Google, it, Google is like 95% of the search in the world. But if you look actually at the workforce that's been building that or even like the algorithm and who's developed the algorithm, it's fair to say that there is a huge amount of biases that is built into that. We cannot let that happen for Web3. And therefore, it is actually fundamental to have a call out and to do that. 
The other thing I would say is that very often, you know, we don't shout enough about the great women that we see in the space. And, and I go back to what I said in the introduction, you cannot be what you cannot see. And so actually role modeling and not being shy about it, but shouting about it and showcasing what's been happening. Um, it's, it's, I believe, crucially important so that, you know, more women can come in. How many times in the day do I hear, oh, um, you know, I cannot join, maybe I should not, but, you know, if a woman is doing it, maybe I can. That's exactly what we need to break through. This space is still, you know, not open enough. It still feels very jargonish. And actually by showcasing that anyone, anywhere can participate, I really think we can, we can make a change. I, I want to talk about the work that you're already doing at Near Foundation. It provides equity and non-equity funding and grants for projects that aim to build a scalable and inclusive future. To your point, philosophically, how does that actually happen in a very equitable way if the majority of those developers don't reflect actually the equality of the world? Yeah, so th that's exactly what we need to break through, right? So sometimes when you actually have the the possibility let's say to invest whether it's actually equity or non-equity funding you need to look through applications in actually in an inclusive way right what is this building for and not necessarily as a foundation i think we have a unique position also to think through what is it that we believe we can invest in that will create a better more inclusive ecosystem right so we do look at that therefore the composition of the teams who actually looked at also grant funding and the voting mechanism we have on that making sure that that is also inclusive and open is extremely important which is a process that we're continuously constantly refining but you know preventing from having always the same let's say you know bias of looking at things in a certain way i think is really really important but do you think that bias exists right now I think that bias is everywhere. I think, you know, we don't, bias is by definition, we don't even realize what we are, you know, sponsoring or, or showing, right? So I think across the entire Web3 space, I think there is still a major bias. If you look at the amount of capital that's been flowing into the industry, and if you look at the composition of the teams who are actually investing that, that capital, I, I, there are very few women who are investing that capital and the women who are, are absolutely exceptional, but we need more like them, right? Because otherwise we're still going back into the same, into the same loop, into like one way to look at things. And actually the bias is not necessarily just, you know, men, women, but the bias can also be culturally, right? How many times do we see teams who pitch whose English might not be, you know, necessarily perfect, which is also why one way at the foundation that we invest is not necessarily just the foundation investing, but also having regional hubs who themselves are much more attuned to like the local nuances and who will understand better, you know, how to spot local talent, because that local talent can take, you know, any shape and form. That is, is so innovative that uh, the, the fact that not more people actually think about that, that the cultural nuances are sometimes as important um, to identifying potential bias and removing that is actually really super powerful. Yeah, I think, you know, I mean, but think of it yourself, right? So how many times sometimes you're on the phone with someone whose English might not be perfect, but I know that for a fact, like I, I've been lucky enough to be brought in different languages and actually you don't think or you don't appear the same way if it's not your mother tongue. And, and so I think when you ask someone to pitch in a language that is already not theirs, then there's already a barrier that you're putting there. If you can remove that and if you can actually say, okay, maybe, you know, you're from Ukraine and what if you actually pitch and have people who are from the same language as you, then they'll be able to actually, you know, decodify and, and you see a different person through that. And because investment today is still done through, you know, assessing the human capital, 
Therefore, removing these barriers as much as we can is extremely important. Blockchain technology is supposed to be gender, race, and country agnostic, right? Like we all know that. Web3, it's supposed to be such an inclusive world. Yet a report released last December, Marik, showed less than 5% of crypto founders are actually women. That's a pretty disturbing stat. Yeah, it is. So you have that 5% of crypto founders, less than 5% of crypto founders are women. The other stat, which I also still think is shocking, is less than a third of wallet holders are women. And so that's a problem, right? And actually, so two things that I think here we need to tackle. One is the jargon. I hear so many times th there is almost this facade of, you know, the, the, the jargon that's being talked in the crypto space that it feels not inclusive and it feels like it actually you cannot get in. And every time I speak, you know, with women who are trying or thinking to get in the space, the first thing they say is, well, I'm not an expert. I hear that over and over. I wouldn't call myself an expert. I'm not an expert, but nobody is an expert, honestly. And if anyone tell you that they're an expert in such a, yeah, in such an innovative space that they, you know, they cannot be an expert. So I think there is, you know, that's where the whole, the way we've been also formatted, the confidence and, and all that comes through, but even more in an industry like ours, because there is so much jargon that actually needs to be tackled. So the stat you mentioned, I think is shocking. And I think that's where actually having, you know, the women in the Web3 changemaker list, things like that is really important because if we can showcase whatever those women are, you know, doing or building, but if they're doing something to help move the needle, then actually it's really important to also be able to maybe put them in front of investors if they have needs for investing and to start talking about that, to say like, yes, that exists and, and those use cases are there and, and there is also funding that is needed there. And again, back to like, you, you can't be what you can't see by having role models, then we can start saying, yes, it's okay. Yes, you can come in. Yes, you can participate. And also sharing stories. You know, I, I hear a lot of women who say like, can I get into the space? Will I understand? Can I really learn? And it, it's absolutely possible to learn, right? And we need to also be humble enough to say like, we don't know everything. We're also trying to figure it out, right? So it's also part of that story. The story is so important because the narrator has to understand all audiences, right? And for women, you know, I'm mindful that if we know 90%, we won't raise our hand because we're missing the 10%. Whereas our male brothers, uh, 10%, yeah, I know 10%, I will raise my hand because I will figure out the rest of the 90%. How do we then bridge that gap within even ourselves? right, to also recognize that maybe this is a bridge that we can help other people bridge by sharing the stories of changemakers who are innovative and inspiring uh, to, to bridge that gender divide. Yeah, and I think it's exactly what you say, right? So it's, what are the stories? How can we actually showcase? And that's what here we are aiming to do and in partnering also with you is like, you know, showcasing those wonderful women that exist out there. I think other things that uh, we can do and, and we have to do, education is absolutely fundamental, right? So what are the programs and actually what are the content and the material that we can create that enable people to really, truly get in? And again, that's why I'm also passionate about the work that you're doing, which is like bringing, you know, helping decodify, helping, you know, understand and helping make sense of the world that is going out there. So education is a very big pillar. And the last part, I would say, the last part is really like usability, right? We do have 
work to do um, as an industry to make sure that the technology that we create is usable, is actually simple. And that's where I'm really excited about NIR because when I think of, you know, NIR as a protocol and as a technology, we are simple, we are usable, whether it's for end users or whether it's actually for developers, right? So those three things combined together, showcasing the stories, enabling actually people to see what's possible, educating with like simple content and then enabling very simple UX. I think, you know, that's the recipe for starting to change and move the needle. You've also spent a few years in the industry in all your time in the crypto world. Tell me about that experience. Do you feel that crypto bro culture? Uh, that's a, you know, that has been highlighted as one of the things that uh, don't really serve the industry well. What, what have your experiences been and how, how did you address it? Yeah, well, I'll tell you, I think the space has changed quite a bit from when I was first in the space, end of 2015, early 2016, um, when I worked for, when I worked for Circle, which was, you know, much more niche and actually less known. And I remember perfectly going to conferences and feeling completely out of my depths because, you know, the only women at the conference and, and also feeling out of depths because if you ask the question, then it was very much like jargon put back at you and which makes you feel stupid, right? And then you don't feel included and you're like, you, you don't want to be part of that. When I actually, you know, considered joining NIR, I went to NIRCon last year and I was just blown away by the community, by how inclusive and open and diverse and just like just different it was. It was it was it was artists, it was musicians, it was politicians, it was lawyers. It was like you had people who were very deep in DeFi, but whomever you were speaking with, people were very open and inclusive and saying, it's okay, you know, I can explain you. This is what I do and this is and uh, can we try to make sense of it all together? And I, I mean, I don't want to preach for our own church, but I will, because I think there is something unique in that community in creating a community that's actually open and inclusive. And so I'm very hopeful because I do see that today. Uh, you know, the Near Foundation itself, I think we're over 35 percent. Our team are actually women. So we are also like, you know, from from it's not perfect yet because, you know, we definitely need to get to to a balance. But we also like, you know, helping move things. And I know that. Again, you know, role models, it's sometimes it feels weird to have to say you're a role model, but we are role models. So we have to actually showcase and say, like, it's OK, please, please join us. So, you know, I would say there is still a bit of that. I, I do still feel it when I talk to certain external partners. Um, I think it's starting to change. I think we have a lot of work, but I'm hopeful we can we can change that. And if anything, this initiative should help us get on the right uh, on the right foot forward. Look, I remember when uh, you were at Circle, uh, you were its first CMO. Uh, it was also the first company to sign the fintech charter uh, to achieve a 50-50 gender split in the sector. It was a women in finance charter. Do we need something policy-driven like that? Or or do we need something more? And, and I note that even at NIR, that's so innovative and progressive, you're still at 35%. Yeah, well, so that's that's where, you know, I think um, through my career, I've evolved on, you know, quota. I think when you're when you're young and optimistic, then you think, oh, we don't need quota. right? And then when you when you actually grow up, then you think, oh, my God, this is not moving. Right. So we do need actually like, you know, a hammer and to say, like, this is this is not OK. Um, you know, signing the, the UK Women in Finance Charter was fantastic and and i remember like you know especially when we were talking about it it was obvious that we had to do it and we were setting up the team so it was actually easy from the start to say like how can we actually 
think through that and achieve that, uh, at least in at least in Europe, which was the first territory where we started. So I think it helps because it also puts on the agenda the topic, right? It also starts saying like, we have to talk about it and, and this is not okay. Um, it needs to be finely balanced because you don't want to be the woman that is brought on because you're a woman. Like none of us want that. So it still needs to be like the best talent that is brought out there, but with a real conversation on, you know, is our culture inclusive? Are we doing everything we can to make sure that we are actually enabling women to thrive in the environment that we're bringing? So you're raising a great point, right? Do we, do we actually need to have much more a policy angle rather than what we're doing here is, is a great start, but it's, it's a softer approach to actually tackling it. It needs to be a, a, a double-pronged, triple-pronged, multi-pronged approach. We've been focusing on the lack of gender diversity, but let's talk about solutions as well. Marik, uh, I can't tell you how many times I really stare with confusion when somebody says, oh, I, I can't figure out how to get more women onto this panel when I highlight, why is this a mantle again? I, you know, uh, I can't participate in something that's a mantle. There are women out there. I can't tell you how many times I've heard that. And yet, I would say actually 50% of the guests that we've had on Word on the Block are incredible women. And they're not here because they're women. They're here because they're doing some incredible building in crypto right now. Yeah, and I think that's a very good point. So look, that's also one thing that we've been discussing for NearCon. Personally, I'm not a fan of panels that are, you know, let's talk about diversity and just put a bunch of women just to talk about diversity. And then the rest of the time in any conference, we'll just forget that we had that. Right. But I think it actually it takes a proactive approach because back to confidence. Right. I think that's the core of what we're talking about. The confidence of speaking up, the confidence of being on a panel, the confidence of saying, yes, you know more than you think that you do. And actually, nobody knows everything. So it's okay for you to go up there. I feel you know, I spend a lot of time actually saying that to other women, saying like, it's okay. And yes, you should do that. And you wouldn't believe sometimes like you, you don't even see it. You're like, of, of course, you're absolutely brilliant woman. Why wouldn't you want to be on a panel? Why wouldn't you want to participate in that? So I think we all have a role to play for each other of cheerleading each other, of also referring each other. And I do that a lot, actually, you know, being in whatever telegram group with women is really important because if anything is needed, it's like, hey, there is a panel here. I can't speak at that. We need someone. Can someone take that? I think we also need to like, you know, that's where the sisterhood type concept works really well. But to also make sure that it's known. And to your point earlier, when people say, oh, we'd love to have women, we don't. I'm like, yes, I have a list of like five or ten. It's the same when people recruit and they tell me, we'd love to, but we can't find any. I'm like, no problem. Here's my book, <laughs> you know, of amazing women yeah. that you need to go into. Yeah. And, and back again to this list that we are creating, therefore, Therefore, that's why the initiative like that are important to showcase and to say they exist, they are here, and we need to shout more about them. Crypto industry has some very prominent women at the fore. What does success look like to you for women changemakers in Web3? Who are we looking for? Uh, that's a fantastic question. I'm looking forward to the actually applications to see what we see and, and who's coming through. But a couple of criteria that we actually are looking for. Number one is uh, inclusion. So driving ideas that are good for society, ideas that enable sustainable and socially impactful change. That's what we're looking for, right? Uh, to us, like we have in our hands an amazing technology to create a better world. Now, okay, how is inclusion used to create that better world and, and, to, and to do that? That's criteria number one is going to be inclusion. Criteria number two is actually going to be influence. So how are those women influencing their community, their peers with the work that they're doing? 
And what is it that therefore they're able to achieve through that? And criteria number three is innovation, right? How can we, how can the projects and the women that we're showcasing uh, contribute to societally impactful projects, whether it's at work or independently? So the three angles we're going to look at are inclusion, influence, and innovation. Um, and that's the angle that we'll be looked at to say, you know, what are, what is the work and, and who do we want to showcase? There's so much to showcase. I'm so excited about it. I think at the end of the day, what this is, is just not, it's not a solution in and of itself. It is simply a, an acknowledgement. We know how powerful narratives can be. And we know that so many women out there are writing their own stories right now. It is our responsibility and certainly our privilege and our honor uh, to share I know at Forecast, our platform and near your platform and combining it and then really celebrating the women who are doing innovative work. That is a story that we should be paying attention to. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's exactly that. Let's use our platform to share more the stories and to shout about them. Well, thank you, Marik. It was a pleasure. I'm going to have you on again. It's, there's so much to talk about and unpack, but this was a little bit of a preview for everyone to understand why we're joining forces, what we're doing in this space, and why Web3 Women Changemakers are important story to watch because they are defining the future in which we are all going to coexist. That bias must go away. And women, if you're out there, uh, and you're curious, that's all you need. That's all you need. Bring your passion, bring your skills. Uh, your experience in the world that you have already only lends to all of us building uh, a very interesting and inclusive future of tomorrow. Marika, it was amazing to have you on. Thank you for having uh, us as well on this ride with you. Well, thank you so much. Super proud to be uh, launching that with you. And yes, as you say, Women, whoever you are, wherever you are, we are looking forward to having you on this journey. And women, if you're listening, and men, the allies, thank you everyone for joining us on this latest episode of Word on the Block. I'm Angie Laff, Forecast Editor-in-Chief. Until the next time. 